0: Hello. (laughs) Thank you all for attending this session or um, being willing to attend this session on inclusive growth. We have some really interesting presentations by Murray Council, South Lanarkshire Council, and East Lothian. The um, focus of this particular session is on inclusive growth. And as you all know, the ELC expansion program, the basic tenet of it was about improving poverty-related attainment gap and improving outcomes for children and families. And that is a basic principle of what inclusive growth is all about. And what you will see from the three presentations this afternoon is a variety of approaches taken by councils to address that fundamental issue within the local communities, whether it's cultural changes, Robin's going to talk about, or a more wider regeneration strategy that Vance is going to touch on, or whether it's improving pathways and career pathways for young people, which is what Pauline's going to talk about um, in terms of the Tots and Teens Initiative in East Lothian. So, lots of interesting um, things to come, and I'm going to hand over to Robin, who's going to start with a case study on uh, what they did in Murray. Over to you, Robin. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much, Anne. Uh, Thanks very much for that, Anne. And uh... Let's see if I can get a presentation up. And, oh, yes, that's good. Yeah, so, um, as Anne says, I'm going to talk about a place in the northeast of Scotland called Bucky, and in particular, I want to talk about our ELC expansion and I want to think about inclusive growth uh, from the perspective of really economic development, economic activity, and specifically in relation to women because. I think that's quite an interesting interesting focus to actually take because often I think presentations about early learning child care are often about children. And I think this could be quite interesting. I hope so anyway. So just to get started, when we think about early learning child care and the expansion of early learning childcare from 600 to 1140 hours, um, what we're really talking about there is about outcomes and not outputs. And yet quite a lot of our conversations actually are about outputs. We talk a lot about our buildings and we have conversations with architects about our buildings. And the two bits often get confused about outcomes and the, uh, outputs and outcomes. So what this slide essentially tries to do, not wishing to teach my grannies, uh, grannies to suck, let, suck eggs, but just a quick reminder about what we're talking about here. So inputs are for raw the materials, for processes that we use as skilled labor, Construction industry to create for output, which is the ELC setting uh, nursery, but it's about what you actually do with that output, which is the outcome. So this is all that kind of stuff that we're all too familiar with in terms of thinking about giving children the best start in life. That's the outcome that we're actually looking at, and that's really what the focus of the presentation will will be about. So when we think about outcomes, and when we talk about means to an end, so to speak. In reality, that actually has to relate to our policy context, both our local as well as the national policy context. And I've just picked a few key documents out um, to make reference to throughout uh, this short presentation. And for the first document you'll be all too familiar with, that's a blueprint, Scottish Government blueprint for the expansion of early learning childcare. And that really reiterates that point about the outcome being about giving children the best possible start in life. And it talks a lot about how the outcomes that come from that will have a positive impact in terms of health, employment, uh, etc. In later years of life, fundamentally important. The second document you might not be familiar with, but it came out earlier on this year, and I thought it was a fascinating document. It's a, it's a summary of evidence base that supports some of the statements in terms of the expansion of early learning childcare, and it was compiled by uh, the Poverty Alliance. And what I thought was really, really interesting and an interesting comment or conversation to have with our colleagues back at our local authorities is that, in reality, if you only had one million pounds to actually invest in one part of the education system, the part that you should actually invest it in is early learning childcare, Not primary schools, not secondary schools. You'll get more of a return of investment. It's a bit of a hypothetical argument, but you get more of a return of investment when you actually think about early learning childcare in terms of giving children the best possible start in life. And the third bit is our own local document, is our Local outcome, Outcomes Improvement Plan. And our Local Outcomes Improvement Plan talks about creating thriving communities, but also talks about creating an, an enabling environment where we give people choices. And I think that's fundamentally important in terms of what, when we actually think about early learning childcare. And what I would actually argue is the common thread going through all these documents is that concept of inclusive growth, not just uh, from the point of view of thinking about educational attainment, not just thinking about giving people the best start in life, but also thinking about how it actually enables adults, and in particular women, to actually be uh, economically uh, active in their communities. So as I said earlier on, my presentation isn't really about children, it's actually going to focus on early learning childcare and its impact on women, which I think is an interesting take to take, uh, take on things. It's going to be a brief presentation, but I want to give you a little bit of background information about Bucky, and, and then let's say a little bit about Lady Kafka Centre, which is the nursery centre, which is the nursery which we want to focus on. Bucky, the location of Bucky is actually important. It's... It's located on the coast, almost halfway between Inverness and Aberdeen. It has experienced mixed fortunes over the years. The expansion and contraction of the fishing industry It's Murray's third largest town, population of 6,000 people, and it's seen good times and bad times. The, the, um, the experience of Bucky and the well-being of Bucky is actually very much tied in with actually the decline of the fishing industry. And that was slightly offset by the development of oil industry where many, many folks were actually employed in that, and that's also in decline. We see an opportunity for a brighter future in terms of renewables, and it looks like Bucky has a, potentially a very positive future in terms of actually a service station for renewable energy and for wind farms, which will be located in the sea. What we've also seen with the expansion and contraction of industries in terms of Bucking, including shipbuilding, it had a quite vibrant shipbuilding industry at one stage, is that we've seen health outcomes for the local community actually decline. So it's actually got some of the worst uh, health outcomes in terms of money for uh, things such as healthy weight for children, um, children. uh, dentistry and uh, teenage pregnancies, so we've got all some of the classic cases of uh, deprivation there, and I suspect the experience of bucky will be replicated in lots of fishing communities around Scotland On perhaps a slightly more light-hearted note there's some important things to talk about bucky, so if you get your fish supper from the B- Blue Lagoon on your way home tonight highly likely that haddock will come from bucky, so remember that. The other thing, and this is a rather bizarre thing is that Stephen King, his favourite football team is Bucky Thistle. And not many people know that. And the third thing is, if you are over 50, you might well remember this. So, Anne, I don't think you probably remember this. But John Byrne uh, wrote a television series called Tutti Frutti about this uh, imaginary band called The Majestics. And one of their key dates on their tour was in Bucky, and it plays a pivotal part in the story. But I suspect that means more to me than it does most other folk. So what I'm trying to do with this slide here is talk a little bit about uh, inclusive growth and how economic, uh, how economic activity actually relates to inclusive growth. So the, the bottom left-hand uh, cog there is about uh, the levels of economic activity you have in the community. And in Bucky, unfortunately, we have a situation where there are actually poor opportunities, particularly for women in terms of full-time employment, and part-time employment, uh, not just in terms of quantity, but also in terms of quality. And that has a particular impact on women, because what we know from some of the stats that come through in terms of community planning process, et cetera, that we have high proportion of women who aren't economically active and the ones that are tend to be in part-time jobs which aren't very well paid. And it's all interconnected in terms of approach here to inclusive growth. So that also then actually impacts on uh, uh, the rates of economic activity in terms of local area. The premise of the presentation is that Lady Cathcart Nursery has a modest but an important contribution to make in terms of actual inclus- inclusive growth and think about economic activity. So here's a few key things about it. So it was actually one of the first parts of our expansion programme in 2019. And because of that, I think it's a little bit more developed in terms of some of the outreach work and some of the work that we're doing there. It was a refurbishment programme, just shy of a £1 million in terms of what we developed, Um, and it moved from offering 600 hours, as with all ELC settings, to 1140 hours uh, this year, and offers um, full full year-round provision. Part of Lady Kafka, we've got 50 places, it's downstairs and upstairs type uh, facility. The downstairs uh, facility is nursery, but upstairs we also commission an organisation called Action for Children to develop our outreach programme. And this is a two-year program, which we're just about to renew for contract again and has a learning facility, a family room, and training kitchen. And what we're doing is we're looking to actually engage some of the most vulnerable people in the community and look at developing their life skills and employment skills using this facility. What we're trying to do, thinking about that original slide I showed a moment ago, is we're trying to actually think about what the intended benefits, what the potential benefits of this approach would be. So possibly it's easier thinking about the other side here. So what we're actually trying to do is we're trying to enhance the right-hand cog here. We're trying to enhance the opportunities for women using Lady Kafka Centre. Not only in terms of 40 hours, um, but also in terms of training and development as well. Which would hopefully mean that they have an opportunity to play more of an active part in terms of local economy, and then it actually has that uh, cyclical effect of actually improving levels of economic activity in general in terms of local area. That's essentially what we're trying to do. We're trying to get more women into the workforce and support them uh, to be economically active and to be empowered. So, what I have to say here is that there, we are crying out to do a bit of robust research and looking at the role of, EL, uh, of uh, Lady Cathcart in terms of achieving some of those intended benefits. But I think with the eye of faith we can see some uh, potential benefits in terms of what we're doing. So every year we do a parent survey. and. One of the striking things about the parent survey this year was the significant uptake in terms of 1140 hours, essentially what we always intended to do in terms of the Scottish government's blueprint for expansion of early learning childcare, and what we've actually seen is a 15% increase of uh, parents taking up their 1140 hours off of early learning childcare. My contention is that 15% actually means thinking about our local improvement plan, it means more choices for women to do things that they, uh, uh, they want to do in life, it means more opportunities for them to actually work. I won't bother going through some of bits there, but I think that's a key point I want to make from this slide. Faction for Children project as well targets some of the most vulnerable women in, our, uh, in the local community and gives them some life skills. We do some work with, uh, with Bucky High School as well. But one of the key things here is that we've actually supported more people, more women to get back into the employment market and also to train and to actually undertake courses. So, in, in summary, as I say, although it's modest, I think we can see a link here with some of the things that we said about a local improvement plan, which is trying to create a more thriving community and also thinking about that notion about choices, enabling women to actually have better choices in life. And although this is a modest example, I think what we can see is through the Lady Cathcart nursery, we can see opportunities there for women to actually uh, broaden their horizons and do different things in life, which will also help to create a more vibrant economic community. Just just finally, I think a few learning points from uh, thinking about our experience with Lady Cathcart. I think uh, one of those things is to think about how early learning childcare th- fits into a uh, broader policy context. I caught one speech before coming here, and I was hearing Chris Rockwell from Mi- Microsoft UK talking a little bit about how they're using technology, and he made a fundamental point is you know, if the technology doesn't exist in a vacuum, it has to be aligned with uh, your policies and your objectives in terms of your local authority. I'd actually argue for the same point about early learning childcare. It can't just sit in a vacuum. It has to be connected with what your local outcomes improvement plan is and about what your aspirations and your objectives actually are in terms of your local authority. So I think there's something about that. And I think there's something about uh, never forgetting about the bigger picture th- and not thinking about short term. I think the other key point is to think about early learning childcare. And I'm sure every local authority is doing this as we come out of COVID is to think about early learning childcare more in the place that uh, people place their parents leave their children at, um, but also to have uh, aspirations. So the Lady Lady Cathcart Centre was one of our our more uh, developed, advanced settings in terms of what we're actually thinking about in terms of uh, social engineering, so to speak. But what we're trying to do in terms of Murray is to think about all of our nurseries not being nurseries per se, but being a children's hubs, being family hubs, thinking about them as centres for uh, multidisciplinary, multiprofessional multi-professional working input, thinking about how they can actually support children. And I think early learning, and parents as well, I think early learning childcare has a fundamental role to play in terms of doing that. And I think the last point is to be bold. I think um, my last job was working in terms of health and social care, and I think and there's no blame on anybody, but I think looking back and thinking about the crisis we're now facing in terms of health and social care, I think, well, what could we have done differently 10 years ago? When we knew that the demographic change was coming, we knew that there was going to be lots and lots of choices, challenges ahead of us. I think one of the key things would have been we would have been more bold in terms of what we would have done and thinking about our plans. And I think it's a kind of same kind of period where we are now. I think we've actually got an opportunity here to do something really innovative and creative in terms of early learning childcare. We've had a massive investment in the sector. I think we can actually uh, uh, make the whole sector grow even further and think about what our, our, our objectives are in terms of our community planning and our local outcomes uh, improvement plan uh, we would want to achieve. So I hope that's helpful and of interest to you, so thank you very much.
0: Thank you Robin for that very insightful presentation. Um, I'll now hand over to Van Sinclair from um, South Lanarkshire who's going to talk about the rooftop nursery and the work that's been done by the council.
2: Good afternoon. I'll keep this brief because I think everybody's flagging. Is MD from East Bride? No? Oh, well, you'll not know them. I'll, that's my joke gone then. Uh, where's... This is really about town centre regeneration and how ELC can fit in with other council priorities. It's a bit embarrassing being up here because this is not rocket science. I'm telling you, it's just a, a, an example of good local government working with departments and working together to uh, solve a number of initiatives uh, and another of priorities of the council. Uh, oh, that's not mine. Okay, oh, are Right, and my, my pictures aren't that great either, so apologies. So anyway, we had, as part of our expansion in, in East Kilbride, we had a number of nursery facilities, and we wanted to create a new nursery in the centre of town, one to uh, link in with the communities there, but also because East Kilbride's town centre has got quite good uh, transport hubs for the, for the wider community. And we were having difficulty finding uh, a location in the town centre, uh, and we were looking at the time of an old council building, which was dilapidated, probably had a, a lifespan of about 10 years, and then we're probably going to knock it down. But unfortunately, the Scottish Government wouldn't give us any money to buy uh, purchase property, so we, were, we, were, we had to look at property that we already owned. So, in the, in a, in a, at the same time, over the last two or three years, the very successful regional shopping centre of East Kilbride which you see it there, in it's heyday. It had Debenhams, it had Top Shop, it had everything, and it's now get, looking like this. It's basically dying on its uh, on its feet, and it's a prior. It was a priority of South Lanarkshire Council to try and work with the town centre owners, which is in private ownership, to try and basically regenerate the town centre. Because without a successful town centre, we're not going to have a successful town. So we got together with the owners of the town, uh, the town centre, which are a, a, a multi-million pound land investment company. I think they've just sold. some, And they actually were very interested. The, the, the condition of the town centre was so bad that anything to bring in footfall to the town and use up some additional space... And that's why I asked if MD was from East Kilbride, because they offered us eventually an old nightclub called Shenanigans. And I wanted to keep that as the name of the nursery, but my early years colli- colleagues wouldn't let me. And basically we, they basically gave us, they're so desperate in terms of town centre development. And I come from Ayrshire and I see it in the air, I see it in Hamilton, uh, probably seen it in Glasgow town centre, but any regional centre these days, Falkirk I was over there not long ago, and all these town centres are failing. And what we need to do as both education, but wider council departments, is try to get uses into these buildings to try and regenerate them. They're not to be shopping centres anymore, they've got to be places of living and also places of learning. Uh, and we started the process in uh, East Kilbride. Not without its challenges, because uh, we looked at East Kilbride and we looked at Hamilton, because one of the our care inspectorate colleague has disappeared, so I can talk about them. That's good. Um, one of the biggest issues we had was outdoor play. And in a town centre, particularly a shopping centre, it's very difficult to have uh, free in-and-out in movement. Luckily, Shenanigans Nightclub looked onto uh, one of the rooftops of the, the town centre, so we were able to create a rooftop garden, hence the name of the new nursery, which is Rooftop Nursery in East Kilbride. And uh, again, linked right next to this, is a view outside the window inside the shopping centre. The the remaining commercial users and council users are embracing the nursery. They're getting links with the, the ice rink so that the children can be out there playing. Uh, we've got a library right next to it, which uh, the, the nursery are using. We've got a, a private sector cinema, which, again, they're getting free, uh, gratis uh, use of the cinema in the mornings, uh, on occasions. Uh, and the cafes in particular, the cafes and shops in the, se- the town centre are welcoming, and they're starting to do things like give discounts and things like that to uh nursery uh, parents and carers, to try and encourage them, when they drop the kids off, to come in, have a coffee, spend some money, uh, and hopefully make a, a, an impact in regenerating the town. So, again, apologies for that. We didn't have time to get great pictures. This is the rooftop nursery, which during COVID, it was quite funny because the residents of East Kilbride thought we were reopening shenanigans as an outdoor pub, and this was what we were provisioning for them. Uh, some of them were very disappointed when they found out it was a nursery. But here we have, up on the rooftop, it's about a 10, 15-metre uh, drop over the side. But it's perfect. We've we'll worked with the care inspectorate to make sure that uh, it's uh, all viable and it meets all their conditions. We've had to... Town town centre uh, early years development does require a wee bit of flexibility on all sides. That's your building control, your, your fire escapes... Uh, but the care inspectorate, I must admit, we're, we're very uh, worked with us in partnership on this and we can only compliment them. It's up and running. It's very successful. And now we are going to use this example to look at other town centres within our area, such as Hamilton, that if we've got any further expansion in ELC, which I understand we might have soon. Hmm. Uh, that we will look to to develop the town centres. It's the the, the 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 nursery is right next to the bus station. It's right next to the uh, the rail station. Uh, well, five minutes walk from the rail station. So it's really very good connectivity-wise. I think there's no, it's not without its issues. We don't get a lot of car parking spaces, and the the some of the staff are a bit complaining about it. But we have to, we have to all make compromises. Anyway, not a big story. Just a bit of a talk about different departments of the council working together to meet corporate goals and we've helped to do it here and as I say we're going to try and expand that to other towns within our area and hopefully you guys if there's any from local authorities might take this example as something you can take back to your departments and say look this has been successful and can help to accommodate a number of priorities within our organisation so uh, I think that's it oh that's the rooftop East Cobride isn't the, 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 the loveliest place in the world, and that doesn't show it in its best lights either. But that's the, the view off the, uh, the nursery roof. We've we'll we, there's, a, there's a big fence, and uh, there's viewing panels for the children so that they can see out. Uh, and that's, that's my talk. Thank you very much. I know you're all waning, uh, but hopefully that wasn't too long. Does anybody get any questions? OK. Thank you.
0: I'm going to go a little bit off-piece. I don't know if you're allowed to do this. It's Vance's birthday, and he's taken the day off to come here. Do you think we can sing him happy birthday? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to (laughs) Vance. To you. Sorry, Vance, and thank you. Anyway, that was really insightful again, and thank you very much. Um, over to our next presenter, who's going to be uh, joining in online, um, uh, Pauline Homer. Um, and Pauline's going to be talking about a really fascinating initiative around East Lothian, uh, which is trying to integrate the early years' investments with creating new career pathways for young people. Over to you, Pauline.
3: Thank you. Sam, thanks very much for that, and following on from everybody else, I know um, it's just that time just before lunch, and you will be wanting to get away for your lunch, so like everybody else, um, I will be fairly brief in what I'm going to say. What I want to do um, this afternoon is introduce you to our Tots and Teens project here at Knox Academy. I'm just going to talk through the bits and pieces, uh, if I can get it, there we go, to, to move on. Just the idea, where the idea came from, the journey that we went on, the challenges that we face, how we've grown the project, and the outcomes for everybody concerned. Okay, so the idea started what would be some 10 years ago now, when one of our nurseries in Haddington had to decamp for emergency repairs to their building. Haddington being an area where there's very little community space, There's um, metal capacity in the schools and nurseries, so one of the only spaces available was there in the high school. The high school was fortunate enough to have a creche uh, built in. So the nursery could use that area. The creche room had a small kitchen area, toilets off the um, main room, and access to a small outdoor area, which was a quadrangle in the middle of the the school. And whilst that area was there, it wasn't well used um, by the high school. When the emergency works on the nursery were completed, they moved back into there premises, leaving that room vacant. At that time, there was very little for preschool children within the Haddington area. And we knew that there was a demand for preschool provision, in particular, playgroups for two to three-year-olds. So hence was the idea of that playroom, that press room had been used once before. Let's talk about the idea of using that to start up um, a playroom, a playgroup within that. But of course, in doing that, we have to convince the high school of a way in which that would benefit them and the community as a whole. Hence, we came up with the idea of pupils working in the playroom with what would be very qualified and experienced staff. As everybody knows, it's okay having an idea, but then you have to convince others that it's a really good idea. When they're not always as passionate as you are, cannot see the long-term benefits or want to move out of their comfort, comfort zone, or change that weekly routine that's already well-established there in the high school. On top of that, there was a lot of misunderstanding. Many in the school and community thought that the tots and Teens would be a, a crash for babies of the school-age parents. We still get comments like that now, even though Tots and Teens is very well established. The deputy head at the school at the time was an enthusiast and she could see the benefits that would be made available to pupils. And she was had the task of working with us delegated to her. And she worked with us because she was very keen to get this project up and running. There were lengthy discussions about the ways in which pupils would apply for a place within the playroom. And as ever, some pupils thought that working in the playroom would be a good sky, while others took it far more seriously. We initially thought that pupils who were considering a career in early learning childcare would benefit most from their experience in the playroom. But We also felt that others would benefit as well. Um, We didn't restrict any applications we received. We created an application form for the pupils to complete, and then we then carried out an interview. And when I say interview, I use that term very loosely. The idea was to get the pupils used to making an applications as they would need to do when it came to looking at jobs, and a bit about being interviewed, although our interviews were really just Tell us something about yourself and tell us why you are applying for this opportunity. As said, we didn't turn anybody down. Um, and in talking about all of this, it seems very simple and easy, but like anything new and unknown, there were challenges that we had to negotiate. We had to look at the timetable for the pupils and the use of the room, the time that parents came and went, the noise that the children playing outside would make, how that would disrupt the school timetable and exam times and what we would do to work around that. We initially agreed that we would open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just for a couple of hours each session. Then we would limit ourselves to the playroom and the quadrangle outside, which had direct access from the playroom. Parents would use the door near to the playroom to enter and exit. And this took away the need for everyone to sign in and out when they were entering and leaving the school. We agreed that pupils would apply when they were in S3, and that they were rotate days so they didn't miss the same lessons each week. We also agreed that each pupil would become responsible for catching up on any work um, that they'd missed during um, the learning time. The pupils would be in the playroom for a period of 13 weeks in total. We'd consider older pupils um, for um, placement in the playroom, and that would be on an individual basis. Parents would need to give permission for pupils working in the playroom and for time missed out of their uh, weekly schedules. Some parents, some pupils really wanted to be in the playroom others, whilst making an application and being accepted, decided that it was really not for for them, which was absolutely fine. We'd much rather... Pupils told us early on that this wasn't working out for them, they weren't enjoying their time there, and they didn't feel that they were learning anything. And, you know, we would then talk to the school about that, and those pupils would then leave the project. We created workbooks for the pupils, and these were used every time they were in the playroom. These were used to update and discuss what they'd seen that morning, how they'd seen children playing, and activities that they'd engaged in. This proved to be a valuable record as they moved through the weeks and gave them something to reflect on in their time in the playroom. When we were ready to promote the playgroup to parents, we had to make it quite clear that there would be a regular rotation of pupils in the playroom, all of whom would be learning, further saying that 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 situation may not suit all children. However, as we know, children are very resilient and they all adapted to having different pupils in the playroom on different days. We charged a fee which was less than other community groups and we justified this as we knew that the pupils would have little experience of working with young children and would need support, all of which would be reflected in their practice day on day. At that time, 10 years ago, before the eligible twos came into being, we offered supported places uh, to vulnerable children referred by social work or health. Um, and there was no fees to parents for those places. Parents, like some of the teachers and other staff in the schools, presumed it was a creche for babies of the, the school pupils. So, and others told us, interestingly, that they wouldn't come back through the school door, as their experience of school had been so poor. Although we tried to persuade them, a, that we were using a, a separate entrance there for them, and it was about the, the young children. We managed to convince some, but not others. Staff were employed by us as a council, which required a new job description and an evaluation of grade. We very much ran on the shoestring to start with, keeping settings just small. We ran with 12 children, 10 children, which made it quite a comfortable group, especially for those children who were anxious about leaving their parent and those children with additional support needs. Quickly saw the benefits brought about with the pupils working in the playroom and expended, expanded from one setting to do. Again, expansion was at the discretion of the head teachers, and some had been more enthusiastic than others. We did, however, at that time have support of the head, head of education who wanted to see the project made available in all high schools. We now have five settings operating at Totson Teams, with a further one due when the new Wally. Good high school it is to be built, and it's good that we've been able to design the playroom from the start with this new project. We've registered two settings where we now offer extended hours to eligible two-year-olds, with another two registration append pending. As you'll appreciate the school crash rooms do not always lend themselves to being adapted to have the number of sinks and toilets required and whenever you think you've got enough toilets or sinks there always appears to be another one needed. We also now work with East Lothian Works in providing work placements for those interested in early learning and childcare as a career. The most interesting parts about this pro- um, project is the learning outcomes. And that is a really important aspect. I'm sure many of you have experienced the same in the, you set off with an idea and thoughts where you'd like projects uh, to go and then uh, to find unexpected results and consequences. And the best results from us, from TOTS and Teams, is the outcomes for pupils. Over time, we found that staff, not being teachers, develop different relationships with those in the playroom. They're able to have more open conversations with the pupils and support them in many different ways. All staff are aware, as always, of their responsibilities in regards to the well-being of pupils, and the feedback to raise any major concerns um, the pupils might bring to the fore with the uh, teachers in, in the school. Some pupils who've been disaffected by school have spent a whole year in the playroom, and it's such a prever pleasure and privilege to see the way in which these young people grow and develop, moving from being that very angry and not interested young person to being very engaged and responsible. And We know that some are now working in the field of early learning and childcare. We've also had young people, um, young girls that have been pregnant, spending time in, in the playroom to learn, uh, really, about child development, the importance of attachment, the um, why play is so important for young children. Um, and we hope that they take that on forward with them as they become the parent themselves. We can see the pupils' growing confidence when they speak to parents and the way in which they can welcome visitors to the settings and talk through their experiences at TOPS and Teens. And that confidence is often taken back into the, the playroom, as is a change of attitudes that we see. Over time, pupils begin to understand the reason as to why children behave in the way they do and learn strategies for dealing with certain situations. One of the things that we do with the pupils when they apply for a place at Tots and Teens is do um, a mini induction session with them, explaining the importance of confidentiality, some of the little Tots they may know or may well be related to way in which we um, promote non-discriminatory practice and equality of opportunities for all of the, the children that come through the door. And the way in which we do that is just reminding them, yes, there's the very cute children there that are dressed in all the nice next clothing, and those that aren't so fortunate but when they come over the threshold there each child is offered exactly the same opportunity and experiences we also go over our responsibilities to them as the pupils and our expectations of us while they are in the the playroom there and we also make them aware of our Policies and procedures. Whilst we know that are not all pupils that will go on to work in early learning and childcare, we hope that the knowledge and experience gained in the playroom will remain with them and may well come into use if they, at some point in their lives, go on to be parents themselves. The pupils become very much part of the team and are given certain amount of responsibility um, when it comes to things such as planning activities. And that relationship that develops, the pupils are involved in the discussions as well in thinking ahead and planning for the, the children in the weeks to come. The tops benefit from being part of a small group and the nurture and support that provides. They also benefit from having pupils in the room and the time and attention that they give and the the different relationship that's developed from there. Staff are the key in this expanding and recruiting new staff is always a challenge. But employing staff who understand the project, share the vision, uh, just adds another dimension. You need very skilled staff that can work with both the tops and the teens, and there is no doubt about it. We ask a lot from the staff we employ. You also need someone in the school who is that go-to person. A couple of times, staff have been caught out by not knowing detail or something specific relating to a pupil. Um, that information wasn't shared by the school. Having registered, some settings were now able to offer extended hours to eligible twos that are as part of the 11:40 hours offer. This is more commonly a, um, a morning extended morning of 9 till 2 p.m four days a week, and with a school kitchen providing the lunches for us. This project started off very much as one thing, and this turned out to be something very different. We continue to hear about the ways in which staff want to take TOTS and Teams forward and develop it further, and, of course, positive outcomes for the TOTS and their teams the uh, themselves and their achievements. That's Tots and Teens very much in a nutshell there for you. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Pauline. Before I wrap up, um, any questions from the audience for our three speakers? I know you're all probably hungry. Anything? I have one question for Robin. In terms of Bucky and the evaluation, have you got a time frame in terms of how you're going to evaluate the outcomes for Lady Capcart?
1: No, but um, my my thoughts are that I would be really keen to actually engage an uh, academic to do some sort of uh, a longitudinal sort of research in terms of um, of the, this case study. My my, th- my thoughts are it goes beyond early learning child care and th- it's about community regeneration as well so I haven't and it's one of those things I'd really really be keen to actually develop so if anybody uh, knows anybody who would like to be involved in an interesting potentially academic case study we're, we're really keen to hear from them in Murray so
0: thanks Robin that's really helpful um sorry yeah go for it go to the mic thank you it was a question for you Robin and it's absolutely nothing to do with the reason that I'm here it's just as a mother um, I've got children I've got a child at a private nursery and the reason that she's at a private nursery is because council nurseries don't have the facility for me to work full time um, so I need her there at half seven in the morning and I need to be able to pick her up at six o'clock at night was that a consideration Um, and a I really appreciate the fact that you've you've taken the expansion mm. as a way to, to support women mm. into work, which I think is really important, especially in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but how have you have you considered that, or do you do you provide a school hours package? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a good question, and to be honest with you, it is something that we will be constantly challenged by. I think that. Um, C- creating that level of flexibility for parents is absolutely key. So in terms of Murray, we have a number of different service models uh, di- starting at different times during the day. And in the community of Bucky, we have, I-, I think, a range of starting off times in the in the morning. So our thoughts are very much along the lines of what you just described. They're trying to actually accommodate all parents. I think on a whole, we do pretty well. And I think that came through uh, in terms of uh, our-, our parent satisfaction results. Most of them were actually happy with the hours, but... I think it's, it's, it continues to be an area that we have to focus on and develop. Um, another interesting point, which I think ties in with the issues you raise here, Murray is actually quite unusual in that about 60 to 70 percent of our actual childcare Murray is actually delivered from the private sector, private and third sector providers, and only about less than a third is actually local authorities. So Lady Calfgar is obviously one of the local authority nurseries. I think our private sector probably feels the same challenge that we do, but it's something that we, are, uh, we will continue to need to focus on, but it's not easy, and, yeah, there's lots of challenges there. But I think overall we're doing an okay job, but there's room for improvement. I don't know if that really helps answer your question, but I, th- I think the key point is to acknowledge and recognise that this is a fundamental issue to get women back to work, yeah.
0: Thank you, Robin. And I think I can sort of add to that. I mean, the the models that we've seen across Scotland are very much varied depending on the needs of the community and depending on whether there is a presence of partner providers in there as well. So you're not taking business away from the partner providers. So it's providing that sort of sustainable model for each community. Uh, And it just, you know, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. So, um, yeah. But thank you very much. So over the last hour, we've heard a combination of different um, small infrastructure investments but that have actually unlocked massive outcomes for the communities, whether it's improvements for the women um, in rural communities or for young people and creating career pathways or regenerating flagging town centres. There's a lot lot of good things happening within the ELC programme. And all three of the presentations have case studies associated with them on the SFT website. So if you're interested, please feel free to have a look. But thank you all for coming. Thank you.